What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk Buffalo. I'm your host, Drew. In this episode, we're going to talk about the last three games for the Buffalo Sabres and also the last two games for your nationally ranked for the 15th straight week UB Bulls men's basketball team. So if you're ready, let's go. Before we jump into this podcast, I want to remind everybody, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead, tell your friends, tell your family, get this podcast out there. You and your friends can follow me on Twitter at SportstalkBuffalo716. You can also hear me on all of the major podcasting websites, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. If you're ready, let's go. Okay, we're going to start this podcast off with some of the top stories around sports. Now, in the NCAA, this is probably the biggest story uh, out there right now. Jim Beheim, the Syracuse Orange basketball coach, hits and kills 51-year-old Jorge Jimenez on Interstate 690. Uh, Our thoughts go out with the Jimenez family, uh, and Jim Beheim will coach against number one Duke at the Carrier Dome. In some other news in the NFL, Robert Kraft was charged with two counts of misdemeanor solicitation of prostitution, so we're going to have to see how that one unfolds. And big news on the trade market, in the NHL, Matt Duchesne, uh, rumored to have a, at least five teams interested in him. Uh, team already Ottawa already pulls the trigger, trading Matt Duchesne to Columbus um, for uh, forward Vitaly Abramov. I hope I'm saying that right. Forward Jonathan Davidson, a 2019 first-round pick, and a conditional 2020 first-round pick if Matt Duchesne signs in Columbus. Another note, in the NHL, Connor McDavid gets his first suspension of his career. He will sit for two games for an illegal check to the head of Isles D-man Nick Letty. That's what's going on around the sports world so far. So if you're ready, let's start talking Buffalo sports. Now that we've run down some of the top stories around sports, We're going to jump in and start talking about the last three games for the Buffalo Sabres. In the last three games, the Buffalo Sabres are 0-2-1 with a 4-1 loss to the Devils, a 4-2 loss to the Panthers, and a 2-1 loss, overtime loss against the Lightning. They lost that one in a shootout. Against the New Jersey Devils, the Sabres defense, it looked bad often caught out of place. They seemed to get dominated. Uh, There were just way too many breakdowns in that game. Lawrence Pilot in that game, I was a a big advocate for him earlier. In the last few games, he has seemed to take a step back. He has really seemed to struggle on the defensive end. Clearly, he's a very good puck-moving defenseman. Uh, he might need a little bit more time to go ahead and round out his game and get used to playing in North America. 
another big thing in this Devils game is the Sabres clawed their way back after going down 2 to nothing um, with Reinhardt goal at the end of the first period. Um, they played the rest of the way, and then, you know, on a chance where, where Lawrence Pilot tries to pick the puck out of the air, misses the puck completely. Uh, one of the New Jersey Devils forwards picks the puck up in the Buffalo zone and goes short side on Carter Hutton. Now, those are the things, those are the saves that need to be made if the Sabres want to have any sort of opportunity to even get, to even sniff the playoffs. As you know, in the last episode, if you listen to it, my hot take was that the way the Sabres are playing, they're not even going to sniff the playoffs. They're going to be more than 10 points out of the playoff race by the end of this thing. Uh, the way they're playing right now, it might even be more than that. Um, the, just the goalies, they just they just can't come up with big, timely saves that could have uh, kept the game 2-1. to one. The Sabres would have had a, a better opportunity at coming back in that game. Um, so a very a very disappointing game in uh, New Jersey. Uh, another problem, obviously, the secondary scoring, um, just non-existent again. Um, something really needs to be done with the bottom nine forwards. I don't know uh, who you bring in, how you bring them in, but something definitely needs to be done uh, in the off season. In the Panthers game against Florida, Sabres took a one nothing lead into the third period. We're looking pretty good defensively, playing a pretty tight game. Obviously, Jack Eich- or, or Jack Eichel scores the one goal for the Buffalo Sabres in that one. Uh, he had also picked up an assist in the in the Devils game. Um, defense looked pretty pretty okay. Um, I felt throughout this game, um, they did give up bunch of shots against Linus Olmark, 40 plus shots. Um, and Olmark up until the third goal, um, played a very good game, a very strong game, um, for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, the third goal was just absolutely horrendous. And, uh, just another example of the Buffalo Sabres goaltenders not coming up with the big saves when they need it to keep their team in the game and give them an opportunity to come back and and really grind one out and, and get another goal. <clears throat> Secondary scoring, again, basically non-existent. Uh, Sabotka scores with about seven seconds left in the game when uh, the Panthers were already up 4-1. Uh, to one. Uh, So the score ends in that game 4-2. to two. Uh, and then they go and they play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. <clears throat> now, uh, in the Tampa game, I got to watch most of the game. They looked pretty good, honestly, for going up against probably the best team in the NHL. I don't know what it is about the Tampa Bay Lightning that the Sabres, they all seem to get up for. Um, they all seem to up their game quite a bit. Uh, Carter Hutton played absolutely tremendously. He stopped 39 of 40 shots in this game. Uh, But unfortunately, uh, the secondary scoring again was not there. Uh, Eichel picked up another assist. He had three points in his last three games, a goal and two assists in my calculation. But again, 
just just no scoring from the from the bottom nine forwards really in the last three games, and the Sabres fall to 0-2-1 uh, in their last three games. But again, in the Tampa game, that's the type of game that the Sabres are, are probably going to need to play for the rest of the year, a grinded-out kind of game, uh, low scoring, lots of checking. They're going to have to play with some emotion. They're going to have to play rough. They're going to have to make it very difficult for the other teams um, to, to push them around. Uh, the Sabres... Ha- in my opinion, don't look like they, they've been playing with that much emotion uh, over the last couple months here, which has gotten them in this situation uh, where they are in. Now the Sabres take it into overtime. They can't find the goal. Um, they had some chances. Um, Tampa Bay had, I thought, the better chances in the overtime. <clears throat> Nobody scores, goes to a shootout. Tampa Bay scores two times. Uh, Tampa Bay is two for two. Uh, Sabers are zero for two, and and that's the that's all she wrote for your Buffalo Sabers. Um, again, as you know, uh, I have really uh, I don't want to say jumped off the wagon because that would uh, say that I'm kind of a bandwagon guy, which obviously I'm not. I'm doing a podcast that's all about Buffalo sports, but um, I've definitely fallen off of the playoff train. Um, they're not going uh, anywhere near the playoffs. So um, on that note, we'll jump into the next segment after this short break here and talk about the nationally ranked Buffalo Bulls basketball team. Stick around. Now, let's jump into the thing that is saving Western New York sports this year, which is the Buffalo Bulls basketball team. As I mentioned earlier, they are ranked in the top 25 in the AP polls for the 15th straight week, which is the longest streak in the Mid-American Conference history. In these two games... Uh, the Bulls won both games in pretty dominating fashion. Starting with Ohio versus Buffalo, uh, at-home game, uh, Ohio comes in and just gets blown out. Blown out is an understatement in this game. The Bulls win this one going away, 114-67. to uh, they were up in this game by as many as 49 points, and they end up winning by a score, obviously by the score of 114 to 67, but they end up winning by a margin of 47 points. All that came on the back of Javon Graves. He is a three-star recruit, but he had himself a career night. 26 points, four rebounds. For Javon Graves in this game. Next person online, CJ Massenberg. Obviously, that's a name that everybody knows in Buffalo if you've even thought about uh, the basketball team for UB. Uh, he had 23 points and three rebounds, which is three rebounds is kind of low for him. But in a game where you're winning by 40-plus points, it, there's not a whole lot of rebounds to go around because you're just kind of knocking everything down. 
The next leading scorer in this game was Jonathan Williams, the four-star freshman for the Buffalo Bulls. He is the highest recruited player the Bulls have ever had in their history, according to 247sports.com. He had 13 points and 8 rebounds, a fantastic game for the freshman, showing why he was a four-star recruit, really starting to settle into his own. In this game, they even got the three-star recruit out of Apple Valley, Minnesota, Brock Bertram, the center. He doesn't get a whole lot of uh, playing time um, with big Nick Perkins and Montel McCray in there. He got five points and three rebounds in eight minutes of work um, for big, uh, big Brock Bertram. Uh, I'll say that three times fast. Um, and so it's nice to see him uh, enjoy some success after having some patience. He is, I believe, a sophomore. He's a sophomore or junior. So um, with these guys leaving, he may very well get some more playing time in Buffalo. Although Buffalo right now is actually, um, I don't have his name in front of me. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but they are in the running for another four-star recruit to come to UB. That would be huge. He is a six foot nine, I believe, 240 pound center. Um, I watched his highlights. The kid can shoot outside. He can go inside. He can re uh, offensive. Uh, uh, you'll bang those boards inside and get those offensive rebounds. Uh, that would be an absolutely fantastic pickup for the Bulls. Now, in the next game, UB plays against the Kent State Golden Flashes in front of a, I believe this is a record crowd since they reconfigured. Uh, alumni arena in front of a crowd standing room only again this year. Um, if this keeps happening, they're going to have to reconfigure the alumni arena again and throw some more seats in there. There's a lot of wasted space in alumni arena. If you've never been there, all four corners of, uh, of that gym are open. Um, it does hold a respectable 6,100 people. Uh, standing room, I believe it holds 6,800. In this game, uh, they had an attendance of 6,688 people. It was a very good crowd on hand. And they were not disappointed as the Bulls rattled off another win, 80-57. to 57. That is, that high is the second longest winning streak in the home winning streak in the country. That's just going to show you how tough it is to come into Alumni Arena and pick up a win. Now, like I said, in this game, the Bulls, they started off very slow. Um, not a whole lot of points going on in the first half. They still managed to hit 80 points again. Um, a very high-scoring team are are these Bulls. They win by 23 points in their last game. Obviously, like I said, they win by 47. Uh, I hope the committee is watching this. I hope that teams around the nation are taking notice. I hope that people around Western New York are taking notice. There is something special happening, 
and you should want to be a part of it at UB. Now, one of the things that the Bulls probably have to fix if they want to make a deep run into the NCAA tournament is their slow starts. Uh, The last few games, they've gotten into a habit of getting off to these slow starts and then having to claw their way back. Of course, they have the firepower and the defensive aptitude to be able to do that. Um, And this just goes to show they go on a lot of big runs. Um, And against good teams, you might, against better quality teams, you might not be able to go on those runs as frequently. Now, the Bulls were down uh, at the end of the first half, and then all of a sudden, they exploded. They exploded. At the end of the first half, they went on a 10 to nothing run, including a three-pointer to end the first half, a completely open look by Nick Perkins. He banked it in to add insult to injury, and that play alone really seemed to demoralize the golden flashes. In this game, the Bulls also... Fantastic defense. They held the MAC leading scorer, Jalen Walker, to just 12 points. He is the leading scorer, averaging over 23 points a game, I believe. Uh, that is an absolutely incredible job. They frustrated him all night long. Now, the leading score for the Bulls in this game were the big three, of course. Nick the big fella, Big Perk, again setting a career high in points, technically off the bench, even though he plays starter minutes. Uh, 27 points in this game. Big Perk stepping up again. Six rebounds to go ahead with that 27 points. The next one, a very quiet 18 points from C.J. Massenberg and five rebounds. Massenberg, of course, was a preseason uh, favorite to win the uh, MAC Player of the Year. And to, uh, the last player in double digits, as this, the scoring seemed to be quite spread around, uh, was Jeremy Harris. He had 12 points and three rebounds. Now, I want to talk about what happened during the game here. Watch the game. Massenberg goes up. He's fouled hard, comes down, and a player comes, uh, uh, one of the Kent State players comes down right on his ankle. He grabs his ankle in obvious pain as a guy who's 220 plus pounds, I'm sure, falls on your foot. It does not feel good. A little bit later, a few minutes later, Massenberg drives in, gets the bucket, and the foul seems to come down awkwardly on his ankle. He is noticeably limping for most of the rest of the game, and I cannot understand for the life of me why he did not come out of that game. It seemed like the game was already well in hand, and he was noticeably, and I mean noticeably limping around the court for the rest of the time that he played. He played until there was about two minutes left in the game. Uh, He did not move around well, and as you know, he is the Bulls' leading scorer. So, if you want to have a big run into the NCAA tournament, you're going to have to manage your players a little bit better and kind of force the the young guys in that situation to step up a little bit and kind of lock it down on defense and trust that your other players 
can do what they are supposed to do. But with that said, another great win in front of another great crowd, a blackout crowd here as the Bulls use their black unis and they hand out black t-shirts to those entering the game. Like I said, another great crowd, 6,688 people in this game. Um, That means uh, 588 people are standing around the, the track at the top. That is unbelievable. Um, word has really spread about this Bulls team, and I'm glad a lot of people are getting on the bandwagon. I've been following them for about uh, three or four years now. I really tried to do my best to get into uh, more of a college mindset with Western New York sports, and I'm very glad I did. I'm in the golden age, so to speak, of college sports here uh, in Western New York in at UB. So... Um, I'm very excited to see what this team can do. I really hope they can uh, win a couple of games. I hope they get a decent seed. They can win a couple of games in the uh, in the uh, NCAA tournament. <clears throat> but um, on that note, I'm going to go ahead and this podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter, Sports Talk Buffalo seven one six. You can also hear this podcast on any of the major podcasting websites. So tell your friends and family, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, Anchor. On that note, I'm going to wrap it up. You guys have a good one.